Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is an RNZ podcast. G'day. Kia ora tātou. My name's Bruce Hopkins, son of Kaui and Bill. In this week's episode of The Long Way Home, I'm still laid up due to my deep bruise cellulitis in my left shin. By the time I start, restart, I will have done as much time off trail as on trail. But the on-trail has been an amazing experience thus far. And so I've been kind of reflecting on it, going, am I really, did I really do those? Yes, I did. I bloody well did. 90 Mile Beach, the Northland Forest, the East Coast down to Bream Head, did Bream Head. And meeting Jeff Chappell, the driver, the founder, the creator, the inspiration for all that has followed in terms of getting Tararoa up and running making it a reality over many years and then maintaining it so I got to sit with him Jeff and it was just wonderful wonderful time to hear his experience get his insights and he just lays down gently his wisdoms in the form of advice and I guess you could ask did I listen after all I'm laid up with injury so yeah. Meet Jeff Chapel. Three years ago, 2014, around this time of, of the election cycle, I was asked to MC a fundraiser for the Green Party. I was to introduce a, a chap by the name of Jeff Chapel. He was going to sing a song, uh, speak and also sing a song. And I think the song was about the Tauraroa Trail. It was. I can actually give you the opening phrase if you want it. Here you go. Uh, it's taken from A.R.D. Fairburn, a poet, and when I was doing the trail, I was always real keen to get New Zealand poetry on a brass plaque, you know, as part of the trail. So I could be happy in blue and fortunate weather, roaming the country between you and the sun, wade the river to the headwaters, Climb to the saddle and I'm thinking. And there you go, Bruce. You'll be thinking when you're on the trail. Your mind will be open and expensive, mate. I really mean that. You'll find out a lot about yourself and your environment. Time frame of the trail. You wrote an article in 1994. That's right, yeah. Then um, 1998. So four years of in away. No. The four years is trying to convince people by presentations that, hey, this is a good idea. We don't have any resources. You, you guys have resources. You councils have resources. You dock um, conservancies have resources. Why don't you take it and run with it, please? And, uh, and no one did. So in 1998, um, no, before that, say in about 1997, I took 
some money from the Tyndall Foundation and went round all the councils saying, this time I want you to put a line on this map as to where a through trail would go if the stars were in alignment, if the whole thing was kind of going to be working. So a little context here too. You were still having to earn a living alongside doing all of this, weren't you? This or was right. You weren't being paid to, to do that stuff, were you? Um, no, not on the whole. Um, so I was working as a journalist um, on The Listener uh, through till, I think, um, 97. And then I made my living from selling articles that I wrote... I would do a section like uh, Oniroa, 90 Mile Beach, and I would then write three or four articles. Also put out uh, a begging bowl, basically, on what was then <laughs> the internet, saying, hey, I'm doing this thing, um, you know, we're forging this route, and uh, you'd be surprised at the number of uh, old trampers who wrote in, look, my hips are gone, my knees are gone, but you're doing a great, great work. Son, you know, you're doing the Lord's work sort of thing. And, <laughs> and uh, here's a donation of $500, you know. And you, honestly, when your card is empty, you know, declined, declined, you know, uh, and you're trying to keep going on this thing and you're in places, you're sleeping in bloody toilets, you know, to keep the rain off you and things. And someone gives you $500, it's mana from heaven. And I've always felt that if you get out of the cities in New Zealand and you go through the small towns and you go through the countryside, you will meet astonishing people, people with philosophies and things that'll just rock you back on your heels. Uh, you know, they are, there's a lot of eccentric magic in this country and the stories that come out of these areas are entertaining and often funny. Uh, we've got a great sort of agricultural humour underlying everything, you know. Got a lot of time for the Kiwis, basically. Mm. Yeah. By evolving this thing called the Tauraroa Trail, mm. there's this genesis of this this ilk of people called the Trail Angel. Yeah, Trail like, Angels. Yeah, we are, we are Trail Angels in this house. We've got a little badge on, the, on our front door. <laughs> and, and if we see someone coming through, it's, you know, there's a... They're definitely distinctively marked. You know, they've got sweatbands around their foreheads and, uh, and the hair tends to be unkempt, often beard. Um, boots, which tend to be dirty, but not always boots. Some of them just wear runners and some even wear sandals. Anyway, when you see someone with a big pack coming through uh, Devonport, you just sidle up to them and say, how far are you going? <laughs> and and uh, they look at you with this sort of, uh, you know, the long stare, you know, the thousand, I call it the thousand uh, yard stare, where they're used to looking into blue distance, you know, and they say, they say, we're going to bluff. <laughs> You're on to your roar. Yes. I look, my name is Jeff Jamal. Jeff Jamal, wow! Well, not all of them know the history, but a lot of them do. It's surprising, you know. So uh, Miriam and I are trail angels. Take people in and give them a, brush them up and give them a good feed and shake their hands and send them on their way, you know. I, b I believe on the... Um 
on the the uh, the heads up from Ed Hillary, who you got mm. on board as the patron. Yes, yes. Um, I call it the curse of Edmund Hillary because uh, at one stage <laughs> he said, I asked him for a quote on my book saying, this is a great read. Yeah, OK. Yeah, yeah. Jeff said, yeah, I can say that. This is a great read. And besides, he said, standing above me, uh, I know that you won't uh, stop, Jeff, will you, until the trail is finished. And there he was with his hand held up in, in farewell. These were his last words to me. And, uh, and I said, uh, no, Ed, no, no, I won't stop. <laughs> and later, when you think, Jesus, I'd like to go to slide sideways here. This is too hard. I think, well, there's Ed standing there with like the sun coming out of the palm of his hand. So, Jeff, you will not cease. Okay. How many times during those walks, the the initial North Island walk in 1998 and the South Island in 2002, mm. um, how many times did you want to stop? Well, that's a funny one. Um, I don't think I really did. I did have one episode uh, in the Tararuas, the lower Tararuas, where I was simply lost. But I couldn't make progress through the bush. And, and every time I did, fighting through uh, Jack, crawling over, um, you know, big uh, mingy-mingy bushes, dazed and bleeding, more or less, you know, from falling and things like that, with a flooded river beside me. And I got out of that situation by crossing that flooded river. And I might say, feeling fear. At that time I thought, well, maybe this is the climax of the walk and maybe this is all I have to do because now that I've experienced fear, and honestly, it's like a bit of former two sitting in your gut, you know, you may have had it because you've been fishing in those sorts of extreme situations and so on. Um, I thought, from a writing point of view, this is as good as it's going to get, short of dying. <laughs> and I thought, maybe I don't have to go on. And in the cold light of day, I thought, no, 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 you don't turn away at this point. You've done the hard stuff. And I walked on and into Wellington and, and finished that section of the walk here. Yeah, that, it's really interesting, you know, like, because um, you are not a big big dude no. and these the ones who who are just phenomenal they're a they're they're not young mm. they're you know in their 60s some mm. of these mm. and they just off they go with mm. their packs on and mm. they and are the slight slight build mm. exactly that mm. like i and i'm you know i'm reasonably big up sort of mm. six foot but mm. and got kind of thighs on me and stuff mm. there's just no way I, there was one time i i thought okay i'll try and keep up with this guy mm. Just no way, especially yeah. especially trying to pick your way over the tree roots yeah. and everything. It was like, no, no, stop yeah. doing that. That's yeah. dangerous. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. I just have to accept that I'm going to get where I'm going when I get where I'm going. Yeah, and I think that's one of the um, things uh, in the trail that, that, that time definitely changes. I mean, you just go as far as you want to go, um, particularly if you're self-sufficient in terms of a tent and things. Or put it this way, if you're in the South Island and you get to a hut at 2.30 in the afternoon and there's an axe there uh, to chop your firewood and there's a, uh, you know, absolutely pure tinkling stream, you know, 10 steps away, and there's a bit of reading, like Reader's Digest, 1976, uh, <laughs> in the hut, why would you not just say, hey, I'm just going to enjoy this? Time is your own, you know. It's yeah. one of the great freedoms. 
any any succinct kind of pieces of advice or warnings, heads up um, that you might give someone like myself? Well, obviously persevere. You know, you will have uh, times where you kind of um, you'll be discouraged. It might be. Um, for instance, I mean, even walking 90 mile beach, everyone thinks it's going to be easy because it's just a flat, you know. But it's like walking on concrete, and and it's uh, and there's a slope to the beach, um, you know, from the from the actual sea line back to the dunes is a is a slope, and so one foot is, you know, this you wouldn't think it would matter, but it does. And I've seen um, people who are almost professional trampers come in from overseas. There's one guy whose name I'm trying to remember, I can't remember it, but he'd done all the main trails and 90 Mile Beach almost wrecked him. Plus, people start out too heavy and uh, people start out too ambitious. No, no, I can do this. So don't push yourself too much, but don't stop pushing yourself. That would be it. You know, you've got to have a commitment to do something. There's generally there's reasons why you would walk along trail. You're either walking towards something, and I think you are, or, you know, uh, because I know that you've got your uh, father's ashes. Father and brother's, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I think that's lovely, uh, Bruce, I really do. But some people also have a, another motive, which is probably less talked about, that they want to get away from something. So let's say, you know, what's my motive? Well, obviously, a national trail is a nice thing to shoot for, isn't it? Plus Ed Hillary's hand. Ed Hillary's <laughs> hand, with the light coming out of the palm. And I'm held there like a possum in the headlights. That's it. Oh, well, I'll be there right to the end. <laughs> So, a, uh, an update. You can do your own breaking news update kind of m music in your head for a couple of seconds. I'll let, you, I'll let you have a couple of seconds. There we go, right. Tis Thursday, 16th, uh, around midday. I've just walked probably two kilometres, three kilometres, and I'm walking back. Uh, and my leg, when I stop walking, I definitely feel that shin kind of just just feel that there's something going on in there but I think it's pretty much just bruising now I'm pretty sure the uh, infection is gone so uh, I am heading off tomorrow Friday 17th happy to have your company thanks for listening catch you next episode The Long Way Home is produced by Bruce Hopkins and Justin Gregory. The executive producer is Tim Watkin. The engineer is Blair Stagpool. Subscribe to every episode of The Long Way Home podcast at iTunes or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, please rate us. That way more people get to hear these stories. If you go to the Long Way Home webpage at rnz.co.nz, you'll find an interactive map that follows Bruce as he walks to Aotearoa. Bruce is also available on Twitter at Bruce Hop, so get in touch if you've got tips, questions, or can offer him a meal, a bed, or just a hot shower along the way. You can also email him at thelongwayhome at radionz.co.nz. While you're waiting for the next episode, head over to the podcast and series page on RNZ's website and check out our new five-part podcast series, The Lost. Every year, thousands of New Zealanders go missing. 
Most are found quickly, but some are never seen again. The Lost digs into some of those missing persons cases and talks to the families about their quests for answers and the hole left by those who have disappeared. In the most recent episode, in June 2004, Jim Donnelly signed into work at the Glenbrook Steel Mill as usual. Thirteen years later, he still hasn't signed out and no one has seen him since. Where is Jim Donnelly? And was enough done to try and find him? And next time in The Long Way Home, Bruce Hopkins is back on Te Araroa Trail and testing out his leg. Has it recovered sufficiently to walk the length of New Zealand? The Long Way Home. Whenua, whakapapa, whānau. Follow us.